Hello again, and welcome to Mrs. Bush's Storytime. I'm your host, Doro Bush Cook. This week, we have one of my favorite stories, The Ugly Duckling, read for you by my mom, former First Lady Barbara Bush, and her friend, the not-so-ugly duckling, Daffy Duck. Let's listen in. You know, another three inches and my neck could be like a swan's. Now that's a job with respect. What a gig. Floating around a pond all day, having everyone pay tribute. Ah, the applause, the strokes. I'd bring the house down. Daffy Swan. Ah, who am I kidding? Get a hold of yourself, kid. You're a duck. I mean, a swan's a job, but a duck's a profession. Besides, what other species has Mrs. Bush, that's right, Mrs. Barbara Bush, drop into his habitat and read to him and all you fans out there? I hear you breathing. Let's see. I've got my feathers smoothed, my bills spotless, my manicured state-of-the-art. Bring on the First Lady, Mr. Speaker. Daffy Duck is ready to see her. That sounded pretty good. Hello, Daffy. Your door was open, and I didn't want to um, interrupt your train of thought. Me, ma, me, ma, Mrs. Mrs. Barbara, ba, 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 Mrs. Bush. Sorry, the place is such a fright. I gave the maids the afternoon off. Daffy, who are we kidding here? I like you just the way you are. I have brought along a book to read to you and our radio listeners that I think you'll all enjoy. It's all about a special duckling. My biography? Finally in print? Well, it's unauthorized, of course, but go ahead and read from it. I'll censor the spicy parts as we go along. Proceed! Actually, the book I brought for today is abridged from The Ugly Duckling. The Ugly Duckling. Very funny. One more like that and I vote Democrat. Here's how it begins. In a sunny spot out in the country, in the middle of the forest stood an old manor house with a deep moat around it. Great burdock leaves grew along its walls down to the water. It was under one of these leaves that a duck was sitting on her nest. Her ducklings were taking such a long time to hatch that she was beginning to lose patience. She hardly ever had a visitor because the other ducks would rather swim around the moat than sit and gossip with her. At last, one egg after another began to crack. Peep, peep, cried the little ducklings, poking their heads through their shells. Quack, quack, said the mother duck as they all came tumbling out. How big the world is, the ducklings said, for certainly there was more room under the burdock leaf than there was inside an egg. You don't think this is all the world, said their mother. It stretches all the way to the other side of the garden right into the parson's field, though I have never been that far. She got up to see if all the eggs were hatched. The largest egg was still there. Oh, dear, how long is this one going to take? I am so very tired of sitting, she said with a sigh, and she sat down again. Daffy, what would you do now if you were that mother? Well, with my connections, I could call in a few favors and get someone like Fudd or Parky Pig to sit on it for a while. Good idea. So let's see what the mother duck decides to do. I think I will sit on it a little longer, said the mother duck. I've sat on it so long now that I don't mind a few more days. At last, the big egg cracked. 
peep, peep, said the little one as it rolled out. But it was so large and funny looking, the mother duck stared at it. What a big, ugly duckling that is, she said. None of the others looked like that. Whoa, brother, now there's a bad sign. Even his mother thinks he's ugly. Poor little squab. Well, let's see what happens. The next day was lovely. Mother Duck went down to the water with her whole family trailing behind. Splash! Into the water she jumped. Quack, quack, she said as one duckling after another plunged in behind her. Under the water they sank, but came up in an instant and floated beautifully. Their legs began to work for them as they paddled about in the water. Even the large, ugly duckling paddled well. The mother duck said, Look how well it uses its legs and how straight it holds itself. It is indeed, my child, and really is quite pretty if one looks at it properly. Quack, quack. Now come along with me and I will introduce you to the world. But mind you keep close to me and watch out for the cat. Any guesses what's going to happen next, Daffy? Well, Mrs. B, we are acquainted enough to dispense with the stuffy formalities, aren't we? Anyway, you show me a cat, and I'll show you a rat with a bad attitude. I'll tell you how to deal with cats. First, keep calm. Second, if you've got to get hysterical, don't do it in a tree. Cats climb trees, but I can swim. Get them to chase you into the water. I can tap dance on water. Cats sink, and if they don't, they wish they had. That's very clear, Daffy. Your reputation is well-earned. Let's see how the new family gets along, shall we? But the other ducks in the yard only looked at them with a frown and said, Now we're going to have to put up with that mob, too. As if there weren't enough of us. And look what a funny duckling that big one is. Then one duck flew over and bit the poor ugly duckling in the neck. That's the lemon end, a duck bully. Why, that's a disgrace to the species. Maybe this duckling will learn how to handle these kinds of situations. Let's see. Leave it alone, cried the mother. It won't do anyone any harm. Maybe, but it's so large and peculiar looking, said the one who had bitten it. So it's best to make it keep its place. The rest of the children are pretty enough, said the old Spanish duck. But you're right. That one is a failure. It's a pity you can't make it over again. Well, it may not be pretty, said the mother, but it has a lovely disposition, and it even swims better than all the others. I think it has just lain too long in the egg, and that's why it's not quite the right shape. She patted it on its neck and smoothed down its feathers. Anyway, it's a drake, she said. He will be very strong and make his way all right. After that, they felt quite at home except the poor ugly duckling who was always being bitten, pushed, and jeered by the ducks, and even the chickens. He's too big and homely, they all said. Keep him in his place. That was how the first day went, and it got worse and worse. Even his brothers and sisters were mean to him. They said, we hope the cat gets you. You're an awful sight. And the mother said, if only you were grown and far away. Even the girl who came to feed the poultry kicked him with her foot. At last he ran off and flew up over the fence. The little birds in the bushes flew up in fear. That is because I'm so ugly, thought the duckling, and shut his eyes. 
He flew on further into the marsh where the wild ducks lived. Here he lay the whole night long, sad and weary. Toward morning, the wild ducks flew by and looked at their new companion. What might you be, they asked. The duckling turned in every direction and bowed as well as it could. You are remarkably ugly, said the wild ducks. But that does not matter to us as long as you do not marry into our family. You gotta hand it to the little stripling. He tries. You're right. He's having a rough time with it, Daffy. What do you think might happen next? You got me. But I hope he finds someone who will be his friend. Poor little duck. It's not easy. Not even if you're handsome. You'd make a good friend, Daffy. Suppose we read on and see what happens to this little fellow. He hurried away from the marsh and the wild ducks as fast as he could. He waddled over field and meadow. The wind blew so hard that he could hardly move against it. Toward evening, he came to a poor farmhouse. It was such a rundown place that it didn't know which side to fall on, so it kept on standing. The duckling huddled outside as the storm raged fiercely around him. Then he noticed that the door was off a hinge and hung so crookedly that he could slip right through the crack, which he did. Inside lived an old woman with her cat and her hen. Now the cat was the master of the household, and the hen was the lady. They were always saying, we and the world, for they thought they were half of the world and by far the better half. The duckling tried to explain that they were not, but the hen would not allow it. Can you lay eggs, she asked. No. Then you'll please hold your tongue. And the cat said, can you curve your back and purr? No. Then you had better not offer your opinions when sensible people are speaking. Oh, dear, Daffy, what would you do next in this situation? Let me tell you, I'd be hitting the high road, looking for some kinder, gentler animals. Let's see what happens. The duckling sighed and sat in a corner. Then as fresh air and sunshine began to stream in, he had an uncontrollable urge to go for a swim on the water. He could not help telling the hen about it. The hen said, the trouble with you is you have nothing to do. That is why you get these very strange notions. Purr or lay eggs and they will go away. But it's so lovely to float on the water, so refreshing to let it close over your head and to dive to the bottom, said the duckling. Oh, that would be a fine amusement, said the hen, shivering. I think you've lost your mind. You don't understand me, said the poor duckling. Well, if we don't understand you, I'd like to know who does. Don't be so foolish and give thanks to your maker for all the kindness you've been given. Did you not get into a warm room in which to sleep? And do you not have company from which you can learn wise things? Just take care that you soon learn how to lay eggs or purr, or to give off sparks. I think I will go out into the wide world, said the duckling. Yes, do go, you stupid thing, said the hen. And so the duckling went away. He floated on the water and dived to the bottom, but he could not make friends with any animal because of his ugliness. The winter grew cold, very cold. The duckling had to swim around in the water to keep it from freezing entirely. But every night the hole in which he swam got smaller and smaller. At last he became so exhausted that he could move no more, and he froze fast into the ice. 
Early in the morning, a farmer came by. When he saw what had happened, he broke the ice with his wooden shoe and carried the poor duck home to his wife. When the duckling warmed up, he became himself again. But when the children wanted to play, the duckling feared they would hurt him. He fluttered in his terror up into the milk pan, and the milk spurted all over the room. The woman screamed and slapped her hands, at which the duckling flew into the butter tub, then into the meat barrel and out again. Well, what a sight. The woman shrieked and struck at him with the fire tongs. The children laughed and shouted as they tumbled over one another trying to catch him. It was a good thing that the door was open. The duckling flew out among the bushes and newly fallen snow and lay there quite exhausted. Wow! These people are despicable. Don't give up yet, Daffy. Keep listening. It would be too sad to tell of the loneliness and misery the duckling had to endure that long winter as he lay out in the swamp among the reeds. Then the sun began to shine again and the larks began to sing. Beautiful spring had come. The duckling raised his wings and found that they beat the air fiercely and bore him strongly away. Before he knew just how it happened, he found he was in a large garden. Apple trees stood in blossom and sweet lilac flowers hung their long green branches down the winding canals. Oh, it was so beautiful and fresh. Then out of the thicket came three lovely white swans. They ruffled their wings and floated ever so lightly over the water. The duckling saw they were splendid creatures. He felt a sudden sadness. I will fly over to those royal birds, and they will beat me because I, who am so ugly, dare to come near them. Still, it is better to be killed by them than to be bitten by the ducks, pecked at by the chickens, kicked by the girl who takes care of the duck yard, and suffer the hardships of winter. He flew out into the water and swam toward the beautiful swans. They watched and came sailing over to him, ruffling their wings. Kill me, cried the poor duckling, and he bent his head down upon the water and waited for death. But what was this he saw in the clear water? Beneath him he saw his own image. But he was no longer a large, clumsy duckling, hideous and ugly. He was himself, a swan. The big swans swam around him and stroked him with their long beaks. Some children came into the garden and pointed to the swans. Look, the youngest one cried, there is a new one. They clapped their hands and danced around and ran to get their parents. Bread and cake were thrown into the water and everyone cried, the new one is the most beautiful of all, so young and handsome. The old swans bowed their heads before him. He felt quite shy and hid his head under his wing, for he did not know what else to do. He was so happy, yet not conceited, because a good heart is never proud. I never dreamed of so much happiness when I was the ugly duckling, he said. He thought of how he'd been mocked and kicked about. Now he heard them say he was the loveliest bird of all. The lilacs bent their branches down in the water before him. The sun shone warm and mild. He fluffed his feathers, lifted his slender neck, and from his heart there came a cry of total joy and contentment. <laughs> I think I'm about to cry.
Brother, am I ever glad things worked out for that poor guy? <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake, look at me. I almost forgot it was a story. I was ready to jump in and take care of some of these closed-minded savages. They only thought he was ugly because he didn't look the way they thought a duckling should look. Just like people. You know, Daffy, it's easy to get caught up in a good story, and it's all right to be moved. That's the whole point of good books. We learn a lot about each other when we talk about how a book made us feel inside. Want to make reading a part of your daily routine? Here's our friend, Jesse J. Holland, author of The Black Panther, who is the Black Panther, with a tip. Fill your home with opportunities for reading. Keep books, magazines, and newspapers around your home and take them with you when you travel. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Goodbye for now. The Mrs. Bush's Storytime podcast is inspired by Mrs. Bush's Storytime, a radio program that aired on ABC Radio from 1990 to 1994, while Mrs. Barbara Bush served as First Lady of the United States. For more information, visit barbarabush.org slash podcast.